This portion of the show is brought to you by Timberline Firearms. Get more information at TimberlineFirearms.us. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, I love it. And, and I've got some clips for you here coming up here in just a second of Argentine President Javier Mele blasting the collectivists at Davos. In Davos, Switzerland, as you know, all the elite collectivists, so-called masters of the universe, show up in their jets. You know, their jets that are powered by jet fuel, <laughs> not solar panels or anything like that, and usually very big jets. What was it? The uh, Secretary of State showed up there in his 737. Perfect example of a woke company in America and in the world now, Boeing. And he shows up in his 737, big 737 with his entourage to go to this, this, this convention, this meeting of the elites, which oftentimes pounds on how we're destroying the world and we shouldn't be flying on jets unless you're one of the elite. And, you know, that's fine. But the rest of us, literally, they, they want us to own nothing and be happy. They say we're going to own nothing be happy and they want us to eat bugs right um but he shows up there and his boeing breaks down big surprise there from a big woke company that used to be the best in the world but look what they've become um and he goes to this conference to meet with all the other folks leftist collectivists uh who are control freaks who come up with the worst policies in the world and then they pile on more bad policy after more bad policy, climate change initiatives, the central bank digital currency, the socialist policies, every bad policy you can think of that's led the world to its current state, which is the brink of war, bankruptcy, and, and worse. Um, these people meet year after year and force the hands of politicians uh, through policy and policymakers, bureaucrats with clipboards around the world uh, to force dumb policies on the massive population. It's just bad ideas idea after bad idea. So they meet in Davos, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum. And um, this year, though, they I guess they can sense that the massive it's it's what I refer to as the people showing up at the council meeting with the uh, torches and pitchforks. The the natives are getting restless around the world. People are on to their scams and in, in ever record numbers. We've been talking about it forever, but I, I sense a boiling point where people are so sick and tired of these Really, quite honestly, just a lot of scumbags trying to tell us the rest of the world how to live, what to do, every control every facet of our life. So I think the tide is turning on these people. So what they decide to do is what bureaucrats and uh, supposed representatives and people in positions of power do time and time again. They sprinkle a couple of, I don't know, libertarians, conservatives, and what have you on the meeting so they can go out there and say, yeah, we're pretty bipartisan. We invited um, uh, Javier Mele. Javier Mele is the president of uh, Argentina. He was just recently elected. Uh, people label him as an anarcho-capitalist. Most labels are, you know, he's a libertarian guy. We'll see how it works out. I mean, he's definitely talking the talk and, you know, bringing it on. And he, he minced no words at this convention of the elites in Davos. Uh, the only thing I, I think that they um, agreed upon is when he got up there in, in, in the beginning, and I've got clips here, he says, uh, you know, welcome and, and thank you. And then he goes right into it. And, and he rapid succession, succession of words over like 22 minutes or so uh, where he hits on the globalists, where he uh, talks about the benefits of capitalism and how ca- true capitalism has raised more people out of poverty than any other form of uh, economics in world history. 
and how socialism has led to mass poverty, mass death, and how these people are keep layering it and laying it on top of each other for more and more socialist policies and collectivist policies going forward. It's an amazing speech. I, I'm not going to play the entire 23 minutes here, but I do have quite a few clips. I have 12, 11, sorry, 11 clips that I want to get through here um, uh, during the program that I think, and, and, and then what I want to do is within the podcast today, I will share the entire speech. And I think that Melee's speech should be shared in every economics and every classroom, you know, from, from, from your, your crappy uh, public publicly funded government school all the way up to the a lot of the crappy universities this should be a course they should just play this speech over and over again especially to the youth of america the youth of the world to to show how bad these people are these collectivists and how capitalism if it's true capitalism not this jacked up you know, central central command capitalism. You can't even call it capitalism anymore. Uh, centralization has screwed up the world. They should they should they should play this over and over again. But they're not going to. So you have to. And I hope you'll share the podcast. Talk with Jeff dot com. Talk with Jeff dot com. Off the full uh, audio of Melee speech, and then we'll get into the clips here in just a second. So stick around. Uh, hey, I've liked to own physical gold and silver for many years because I know that these people who are in charge are not very bright, and they're look. look I just told you yesterday since we announced that the u.s has reached what 34 trillion were we at 34 trillion i can't keep track anymore of debt uh in two weeks we added another 34 billion dollars on top of the debt just just from the interest accruing i told you about the one point uh, i'm sorry seven trillion the seven trillion dollars in uh, treasuries that are due here in the next year, and they're at a much higher interest rate, and we're going to be paying probably the third highest part of the federal budget is going to be going to interest payments now. Isn't it a good time to learn more about physical gold and silver and owning physical gold and silver? Why don't you call my good friends at Desert Gold Exchange at 888-852-4343. That's Desert Gold Exchange at 888-852-4343. Justin and his family-run company, they keep the overhead low, they pass the savings on to you, they guarantee the lowest fees and commissions out there. Again, call them up. Mention the Jeff Orvitz Show. They're going to treat you like gold. Uh, they've done my family really good for a long time. Physical gold and silver, you want to talk with them. 888-852-4343 or go to DesertGoldExchange.com. That's DesertGoldExchange.com. Okay, let's get into the speech from... Argentine President Javier Mele blasting the collectivists and uh, he, he starts right off, right in the beginning. He doesn't, he doesn't waste any time. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution 
to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. And Argentina, you know, was one of the most prosperous countries in the world in the 1800s. And then they've now suffered a hundred years of misery, inflation, bureaucracy, collectivism, you name it. When you were a rich European back in the 1800s, I've told you this before, and you thought about where do I invest, America or Argentina? A lot of people put it in Ar- on Argentina. A lot of people thought Argentina was going to be the world's next superpower. And they're looking at the U.S. and saying, man, this, con- this country's kind of been in bankruptcy before and all kinds of problems. It just had a civil war. No, it's put the money into Argentina. Uh, but it didn't work. And he says how many people nowadays have sold out and taken a, a cush job with these collectivist elitists. That's what he's saying in the beginning there. And basically sold out for other forms of um, economic um, manner, you know, instead of capitalism. And then he goes on here to talk about the empirical and 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 like I said, listen to this whole speech he gives. I'm just giving you part of it, but he goes heavy into the empirical evidence that the free market and capitalism is the solution and that it's lifted more people out of poverty than anything else throughout all the history of, of, of mankind, right? And keep in mind, he's speaking to a crowd full of just a bunch of leftist, collectivist, uh, elitist Davos people and minces no words here. When we adopted the model of freedom, Back in 1860, in 35 years, we became a leading world power. And when we embraced collectivism over the course of the last 100 years, we saw how our citizens started to become systematically impoverished. And we dropped to spot number 140 globally. Yeah, it hasn't been good for Argentina for a long time. Now, we live in the best time in, in all of human history here. I mean... Most places in the world. Let's just talk about the West. Let's talk about the U.S. You turn on your tap, you get clean water. You got electricity. You you, you know, we're, we're talking about people who, who haven't returned to work and are still living in homes and don't have to go to work. I mean, it's crazy what's going on right now. But the strides that we've made, whether it just be in, you know, medicine, in technology, you name it, you can't argue that this is one of the best times in human history. But the way we're going is they're going to destroy this all because they're destroying the system, which is capitalism. I'm talking true capitalism. We're talking, you know, Adam Smith, the, the, the father of capitalism, who wrote The Wealth of Nations in 1776. We're talking that kind of capitalism, not what we have now. Anyway, um, next he hits on, he hits on this a bit as far as the, the time we're living in history and how good we actually have it. Far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is uh, superior in productive terms, the left-wing doxa has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality saying, uh, that's what the detractors claim, that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic. 
of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just, and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax, and taxes are collected coercively. So, yeah, he's talking about the 80 years that they've dealt with in, in Argentina with the social justice crap and, the, hey, we've got to make things equitable. Sound familiar? I mean, that's what they're pushing here. And look how chaotic the country is. Here he goes more. Now at the best time in the history of humanity, it is worth asking why. I say that the West is in danger. And I say this precisely because in those of our countries that should defend the values of the free market, private property, and the other institutions of libertarianism, sectors of the political and economic establishment, some due to mistakes in the theoretical framework and others due to a greed for power, are undermining the foundations of libertarianism, opening up the doors to socialism and potentially condemning us to poverty, misery, and stagnation. It should never be forgotten that socialism is always and everywhere an impoverishing phenomenon that has failed in all countries where it's been tried out. It's been a failure economically, socially, culturally, and it also murdered over a hundred million human beings. The essential problem in the West today is not just that we need to come to grips with those who, even after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the overwhelming empirical evidence continue to advocate for impoverishing socialism. But there's also our own leaders, thinkers, and academics who are relying on a misguided theoretical framework undermine the fundamentals of the system that has given us the greatest expansion of wealth and prosperity in our history. And what they do, um, what you've heard many people say, especially young people around the country, is that capitalism is failing. Capitalism is failing. And it's not capitalism that's failed, though. It's the failures of these collectivists, as um, Javier Mele is talking about to the Davos crowd here just yesterday. It's the failures of these people intervening, these people coming up with government solution on top of government solution. Whatever you want to correct a supposed market failure inexorably, as a result of not knowing what the market is or as a result of having fallen in love with a failed model, you are opening up the doors to socialism and condemning people to poverty. However, faced with the theoretical demonstration that state intervention is harmful and the empirical evidence that it has failed couldn't have been otherwise, the solution to be proposed by collectivists is not greater freedom, but rather greater regulation, which creates a downward spiral of um, a spiral of regulations until we're all poorer and the life of all of us depends on a bureaucrat sitting in a luxury uh, office. What I refer to as a bureaucrat with a clipboard. You've heard me say that many times. It's like the scariest thing to me in the world is a bureaucrat with a clipboard knocking on your door. You're like, oh, no, this ain't going to be good. Uh, yeah, and then they come up with the solutions for the problems they've created. We've talked about that with the so-called housing crisis, right? 
that every politician out there now is talking about the housing crisis. We got to fix this. We got to do something when it's their policies, artificially low interest rates, land scarcity that they create because in Arizona, for example, you've got so much land that's cobbled up by the government and not in the private sector creates a false, um, false scarcity when more land would exist if the government wasn't involved. Um, so they create the problems, then they add more and more solutions. There's a lot more to this. I'm going to play the final clip, bring it, bring it home here with uh, Javier Mele talking to the Davos crowd uh i highly encourage you after the show is podcast here in a little bit or if you're listening to podcast right now look further and i'll put the entire 22 minute speech on there it's i think your kids your grandkids should listen to what javier mele is saying uh he's nailing it like i haven't heard a lot of people especially people in higher levels of power say for a long time especially in front of this group here's his final thoughts in concluding i would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated intimidated either by the political class or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors. You're heroes. You're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. Damn it. A little little round of applause there. I love it. Parasites and um, standing up, and he's standing up, and I see more and more people doing that. So a little bit of optimism here in this crazy world. Uh, again, check out the entire speech that he did up at talkwithjeff.com or within the podcast. It's well worth it. All right, if you need new blind shutters or shades, call the Blind Brothers at 928-634-2423 or go to theblindbrothers.com. They're going to lay out all your options, not just the most expensive ones. Fit your style and your budget. I got uh, all new blinds, what, last year, and and I did in our house in Flagstaff um, from the Blind Brothers, and they work great. They also save you money when it comes to your energy. You lose a lot of energy out your, out your open windows uh, without blinds on them, shutters or shades. Go ahead, check them out right now. Mention the Jeff Overture Show. Get half off installation in addition to any other advertised specials. That's the Blind Brothers, a great uh, small business, and I appreciate their longtime sponsorship here on the program. Theblindbrothers.com. That's theblindbrothers.com. Back in a minute. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up the Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to the Jeff Orbit Show. Great time to head on over to Namarco's Pizza, voted best pizza and wings in Flagstaff many, many years in a row. Three locations. You get some great craft beer there, uh, wine as well. Uh, they've got the crate, um, the buffalo bread, which I love, and their wings. Like I said, they're awesome. Salads and lunch specials. Don't forget their lunch specials Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Uh, you can usually get out of there like around 10 bucks or less. I think you get a slice of drink and a salad for nine bucks, and then you got to pay tax, of course. Namarco's Pizza, order online as well at Namarco's pizza.com
Welcome back. Yeah, I'm glad that people are speaking up. More and more of you all need to do this. I know a lot of you do, but need to share things like the message Javier Mele gave to the World Economic Forum in Davos and get the word out there because there's just been such a false narrative for so long uh, from the, I don't want to call them mainstream media, I don't want to call them anything like that. It's just the corporate media now. And fortunately, there's a lot of groups like mine, like others that are out there. There's, there's people just all over the place who are now trying to spread the word and the truth out there. Of course, another theme at Davos is to stifle that truth and to crack down on what they call fake news because anything they're not espousing to their uh, through their uh, corporate media folks is, is fake news nowadays. So I, I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to my top news picks when you go to talkwithjeff.com. There's a subscribe button right there. You enter in your email address. I'm not selling your email account. I'm just doing this to send you these. So we have that independent feed between us. Uh, I own my website, of course, and you know, then you see what's going on. Most of these are uh, really Arizona-type stories. Sometimes we get into other stuff, but most of them are keeping you informed what's going on in your local governments, in your state governments. Uh, the podcast is up there, of course. Uh, we've we've had uh, interviews with people who are running for legislative office. We're, we're going to keep pushing. So I'd appreciate you to go to talkwithjeff.com if you haven't. Click on the subscribe button. You just enter in your email address. That's it. And you'll get, we usually put one or two stories out a day during, usually Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday. So you're not getting hit that much. And I'd appreciate you doing that right now. Talkwithjeff.com. That's talkwithjeff.com. And then just put your email address in that subscribe field and, um, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it as well. Right now up there, I mean, we've got stories about the uh, push to um, expand abortion in Arizona. Uh, We've got a story up there about a representative in the legislature who's pushing for no building permits in very rural areas for tiny homes. I think that's a good idea. Of course, Hobbs budget and this phony crisis that her and the Democrats are putting up there, like Arizona's about to go broke when even with the so-called budget cuts, we're going to see the third highest budget in Arizona's history. I mean, come on, give me a break already. Um, We're also, uh, we've got articles up there about those ADOT overhead signs and how the federal dollars, you know, it's carrot and a stick thing. You take that money, then they have control over you. And then today I put up a new article, uh, Representative David Marshall, who's in Legislative District 7, he's proposing a ban on lab-grown meat in Arizona. Check that one out. So it's House Bill 2121. It would ban in the state of Arizona anyone uh, from offering to sell or produce, quote-unquote, cell-cultured animal products, which are defined as any cultured animal tissue produced from in in vitro animal cell cultures outside of the organism from which it is derived. Uh, There's several co-sponsors on this. If it passes and anybody uses or buys or peddles the fake meat, I guess, or the, what do they call this stuff? Um, let me, let me, um, lab meat, lab grown meat, uh, would face up to $25,000 fine and civil penalties of up to a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know how you feel about that one because, you know, we just listened to Melee, who's a libertarian guy. Uh, I prefer to eat real meat. I want to know that if we had some great ribs just the other night, I want to know that those are real ribs. And I I think they were, (laughs) you can usually tell, but something comes in, in a box and it's like, you know, it's like chicken or something. No, I don't want that, but isn't that more of a market type thing? I want it labeled. I think that we can probably, most of us agree that let's label it. If it's not actually real uh, ribs or real chicken, 
don't tell me it is. And I know there's another bill uh, out there from Representative LD1. I think we're going to have him on soon uh, to make sure that things are properly labeled. So you may have a battle of these two bills between outright banning something like this, lab-grown meat, versus let's just label this stuff properly. I'd love your thoughts on that one. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Or just comment right here in the podcast and appreciate everybody who's done that. All right, if you're if I was selling a home in the Flagstaff area, I'd call Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group, brokered by EXP. She's top of her game. She knows the real estate market in northern Arizona. She puts everything into it. People like Val you know, went through the process and Val said it was something she never would have expected, which was awesome. And that Kelly Broadus and her team were so helpful and they were always available to answer any questions that Val and her husband had. Uh, Kelly sold Val's home and she's so thankful. She's leaving her a five-star review on Google. Check out Broadus, Kelly Broadus on Google and wherever you're searching, actually B-R-O-A-D-D-U-S or give Kelly a call right now, 888-446- 5602-888-446-5602 or go to northernarizonafinehomes.com. You can get current valuation on your home without talking to an agent. Real simple tool they got there. Northernarizonafinehomes.com. Back in a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up the Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. Anyone can tell you your roof needs fixing, but what separates the best realtors when it's time to sell your home? Tim turned to Kelly Broadus and her team to sell his condo in Flagstaff. He says Kelly's marketing plan is what sets her apart. The listing for his home was so detailed, creative, and descriptive. It made his condo sound like a dream home. Kelly also knows the market so well. She has a home valuation tool on her website, northernarizonafinehomes.com, that lets anyone look up how much their home is worth with one quick search. Kelly's resources help her price homes fairly, but still has the goal of selling her clients' homes for the most money possible. And Tim says you should have seen how strong of a negotiator Kelly Broadus was. He says all his needs were met flawlessly for the third time now. Why don't you do what Tim did? Why don't you do what I would do if I was selling a home in the Flagstaff area? And that's called Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group, brokered by EXP. 888-446-5602. That's 888-446-5602. Or go to Northern Arizona finehomes.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by Diamond Autoglass, where the difference is clear.com. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. Okay, got a new edition of a real estate market update with Kelly Broadus coming up this weekend, but I've got a sneak peek here for you as to what's trending when it comes to real estate markets, uh, you know, things you're doing with your homes and stuff like that. So part of that coming up here in just a second. Uh, by the way, I have uh, former state representative Walt Blackman next hour. Uh, he's been involved with the budget process in, at the legislature when he was there uh, many times. He's going to fill us in as to what he thinks go- is going on and what may be coming. So stick around for that in a second. 
second hour. Comments always welcome. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, don't forget if you need to get your smartphone repaired, just wireless will take care of you. Uh, in West Flagstaff, right there on Milton Avenue, right as I 17 comes into town, uh, just wireless has a great line of refurbished phones as well. Uh, so you don't have to spend a fortune. Plus, it's good for the environment. Save some money, get a great refurbished phone, save some money, get your existing smartphone fixed, crack screens, charging ports, batteries, they can do it all. Just Wireless, visit them and get more information at justwirelessaz.com. All right, and, and Kelly Broadus is with me, um, and she's with the Broadus Properties Group. Um, I guess let's hit on this one. So what what is hot? What's like what's trending? Yeah, what's trending? I guess because just a couple years ago, I think you were telling me it was like small. Oh boy, before COVID, tiny homes. everything was tiny. Everything, every no one wanted those big giant homes anymore. You know. Yeah. I remember reading that it was the end of the, the big homes. The, right. I called them, and you laughed a couple months ago, McMansions. Yeah. You know, those yeah. 4,000 square foot kind of homes all over the place that two people are living in, and that was completely gone, never coming back, but you're seeing a different trend. Yes, we are, because people got used to, during COVID, working from home, being home, making their home their sanctuary, right? No one's really moved out of that trend. <laughs> <laughs> There's no COVID, but they're enjoying their homes, you yeah, know? Yeah. So yeah. Eh, it's not a bad thing, you know? But, you know, we're trending towards, and this is across the country, we're trending towards home offices, mm-hmm. um, you know, people working from home. So they're creating office space there um, and creating lovely outdoor living spaces. That's, mm. a, that's a big one. I know? like that one. I do too. I try to do that yeah. as, as much as possible. Um, but the home office space, so still telecommuting or just working from home or whatever the or case both. may be. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's like who wants to – you don't want to take out the pajamas. You just yeah. put a shirt on and, you know, the camera's <laughs> just right here. I still recommend the pajama bottoms because, you know, if you – you remember all those videos during COVID and somebody would forget, like, they were in their boxers yes. or something? And it's oh, like, my gosh. You know, you just – they get a little too comfortable yeah. and you're in some corporate meeting or something. Those, I, those are kind I, yeah, of I think everyone just got in the habit of yeah. work, working from home and they don't really want the habit to change. Yeah. I don't think. On the office front, I know you you deal with the residential side, but I, – I, We do commercial too. Oh, you do commercial mm-hmm. too. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I should know these things. Um, you know, I've been hearing about the impending commercial, and I'm in commercial real estate, com- commercial uh, crash. And I think it's happened in cities. I think some people, places. Yeah, some places yeah. have way too much office space. I haven't seen that, especially in Flagstaff. I mean, or no. anywhere, even in, I'm in Camp Verde. I don't see any no. um, signs in, you know, downtown area and this and that anywhere I go in northern Arizona. Even though people are working at home a lot more. Um, I have a home office. I have a home studio. I also own office space, but I, I still keep that office space. Um, mm-hmm. I think you, you, you have an office obviously, but you also right. have a home office. It's right. just, that's kind of, it's like we almost, we're doing both now in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever feels good any given day. Yeah. Right. And we're, it's, you still need that presence though in other mm-hmm. places. So, yeah. okay. So home office is really big. Um, what's another one that's, that's trending? Uh, well, this one's been trending for a while, but the sustainable smart homes, you know, sustainable oh, yeah. spaces. We have a team of unicorns that keep the power going. They're ah, in a big you do. mill. Mm, okay. Like a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're talking generally just like smart homes and stuff like that. Too. Right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I have, yeah. the, do you have that? Like the, the Wi-Fi um, my thermostat? He- my, yes. Yeah. Yes, Cause I one do. time I came home and I was worried the, 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 the heater went out. And I was like, I need something to know if I'm gone for a while. Yeah. And I got one of those uh, Wi-Fi thermostats under a hundred bucks. I think you can get them. You can install them yourself. 
And um, now I can check it. It's to be like, oh, the temperature in the house is this. So living in a cold place, it's it's kind of cool. I I said I would never go smart home, you know, but I I have begun to do that. So more and more people are saying, okay, it's not as bad as it's it's a it's good not, thing. It's not that scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So people are moving to the country. You know. Eat That's... a lot of peaches. Remember that song? Mm. You don't remember that one? Mm-mm. Okay. It's moving to the country. You're going to oh. eat a lot of peaches. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So rural is Yeah. Rural, rural living. Okay. Yep. Somebody yep. out there knows what I'm talking yep. about. Yeah. They do. You, heard that. you need to message him and let him yeah. know. Maybe we'll know. play the song. Yeah. Um, but rural is back. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Half I've seen stats that half the country lives in more urban areas and half is in the more country. rural mm-hmm. and flyover country and this mm-hmm. and that. What are we talking though? Are we talking, because I've seen some of your listings, Kelly, and some of them are like, they're rural. You, know, you have <laughs> yeah. some that are like. Out in Kendricks, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And it's I like, get 10 calls a day on it, right? But then it's an hour away, <laughs> something by the time you get back. You know, it's off grid. Ke- Kelly brought a, bought yeah. a, a snow cat for this listing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always tell mm. you she puts a lot into it, including a snow cat. I mean, that's the kind of deal where you'd need a snow cat to, I think to sell so. that thing. Yeah. But no, are we talking super rural or are we talking like well, suburban? Yeah, maybe like. Um, well, I mean, all of Flagstaff is because yeah, kind when of suburban. people come from Phoenix right. and California, this is suburban. Yeah, they're like they're, but they're like, no, this is rural. Like we're out in I know the boondocks. Uh, yeah, we're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere here. There's like I have like a third of an acre or something like that, and it's like mm-hmm. that's up from my three thousand square foot lot. Maybe up by Snowball, up yeah, by okay. Snowball, you know, along the one eighty corridor. Yeah. you know, that's all pretty pretty rural. Okay, you know? all right, um, and. This is something that I could see a lot of people liking, which is the low maintenance aspect, mm-hmm. which can also be a sustainability issue because like the grass and mowing the lawn and dumping water. Lots on of it. rocks. So we're, we're going with, is that the thing now? Yes. Rocks? Okay. So we're Lots going with, of low maintenance landscaping. Yeah. You know, people don't want to have to mess with, you know, their yards and stuff. And I did that in Flagstaff. I ripped out, we had that grass, um, a little tiny lawn that I just spent so much time on. And finally, one year I ripped it out. <laughs> Did the weed cloth and brought in some loads of gravel. And I don't regret it, you know. So, I mean, it's it's made life a lot easier. Okay, another big trend is people are doing it themselves. People have decided that I'm going to pick up the old hammer and the old screwdriver and, and what have you, the paintbrush. Um, D, DIY renovations is big now. Right. It is. Buying a fixer instead of having something built. It's oh, just cheaper. Not just like small projects. We're talking like even... Even the gut job type things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah. Right. And then the multi-generational stuff, right? <laughs> Moving so, mom and dad in, you know, having a an ADU to put the parents Okay, that's, in. that's an accessory dwelling unit. Um, that's where you put on another, a second unit for, like you said, um, we used to call them like granny flats. We used to call them mother, uh, mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, mm-hmm. things like that. I thought about that. I mean, it's, I, I see the... A lot of the, a lot of the push out there by local governments now is saying that hey, here's how we fix the housing crisis. We should allow more building yeah. within a lot, and it makes sense because we can't make any more land, but we could make more, yeah. more structures. Uh, are these things usually pretty small? Are they? Yeah. So I've had a lot of clients that that want <clears throat> a house, say in University Heights, but they want it to have an ADU. There's amazingly a lot of them there. You know, where people have had have walkout basements and they've put a little ADU down there. And so they're very popular because you can offset your high 
you know, interest rate payments. <laughs> well, and when I first got into real estate and investing, um, doing another structure was at that time, and this was quite a couple of decades ago, that was kind of like frowned upon really because they were like, oh, you're just going to turn it into a rental. They were so concerned like cities and stuff that yeah. you're actually going to turn it into a rental that they kind of dissuaded people from doing it. But now that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is to mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Interesting trends. Did we miss any larger homes? We got that. Mm-hmm. I think we got that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Push for Trending larger homes. Trending towards larger, larger homes. Yeah. Are we talking like really big? No, 3,000, 4,000. Okay. Ish. Okay. You know. Interesting. Okay. So overall, maybe um, lower interest rates coming. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the housing shortage is over, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a crystal It'll ball. It'll be better. It'll be better. Yeah. Anyway. And some people are finally saying, hey, it's time to sell. I can't sit here forever and wait for whatever fill in the blank right <laughs> all right all right kelly hey always appreciate it um good stuff good update um i really like the kind of what's hot thing that's that's pretty interesting so folks should share that out there and um i guess start watching those the good thing is you have especially if you're doing d uh, do it yourself we have youtube we do so you can <laughs> literally i've pulled up so many videos you can fix just about anything all right i'll talk with you soon thank, thank you. you bye listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show Welcome back. I do have a, a comment here as I hold off a cough. Um, I do have a comment here from David. We'll get to that in just a second. Remember, you can email anytime. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, that's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, don't forget, if you need to get your home refinanced, call Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loan. She can help you out. Uh, she's done a great job for so many people, uh, including me. We did an investment property, Kim Dawson, Arizona's largest privately owned mortgage lender, Nova Home Loans. Uh, they can make local decisions like a bank, but because because they're a broker, they can also get access to all the best programs. Why don't you call Kim Dawson? You're thinking about doing a refinance, thinking about buying a new home, uh, investment property, off-grid property, second homes. Mention the Jeff Orbit Show and get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. Here's her number, 928-310-6458. 928-310-6458. Kim Dawson, NMLS 697411. Nova Home Loans, NMLS 3087. BK number 090242. Equal housing opportunity. Subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. Uh, comment here from David regarding the segment of the show yesterday that I did on the Flagstaff Unified School District. You know, they had that meeting, and I thought it was just a bizarre meeting. I I just thought it was unprofessional how they conduct their meeting. Um, They are supposed to represent everyone who's going to the school district. You know, that's your job. Now, you can have, obviously, political persuasions and feelings and and this and that, but you try to to check it a little bit at least, especially at that school board level when you know 
I don't know what the exact number is, 35, 40% of your families, your members, you know, they're probably more conservative leaning. They're not all leftists like they are, and so many on that board. And you could tell the staff members, too, even making comments against Superintendent Tom Horn during the meeting and, you know, suing woke uh, districts and, and on and on. It was it was bizarre, and it was in the beginning of yesterday's show, if you want to watch back on that podcast or, or listen back to that podcast. Um, and, then, and then a real bizarre thing that happened was, and I'm working on a story on this one to get more details because they did have a bus driver who was arrested for alleged um, luring of a minor for sexual exploitation, I believe was the exact words. And they actually fired the bus driver earlier in the meeting. And then like 10 minutes later, they're ripping on private schools because private schools, they claim, uh, they were just kind of scoffing at, and I guess I should say Hobbs, Governor Hobbs claims don't do background checks. That's just not true. Uh, I've talked, maybe there's some out there, but the private schools I've talked to all do background checks just like your public schools. Even for the volunteers that come in to drive the kids like on a, like chaperone and stuff like that. Um, so they, they, in, they, they fire somebody who probably got a background check. I'd imagine I'm waiting for that information from the school district. And then they rip on schools that they're claiming don't have a background check when they do. It's just a bizarre meeting. But anyway, David asks this question. Um, how much do these board members and superintendents get paid to do such a bad job, David? Um, the board members, I don't think any of them get paid. I mean, it's, it's, a, you're elected to the position, but it is an unpaid position. The superintendent obviously gets paid and does pretty well. Uh, if I can find the actual, oh yeah, here, here's the pay. I have the document here. Maybe I should do a story on this. Um, 2024, 2025 fiscal year, 161,600, I'm sorry, $262. So $161,000 a year is a base salary, uh, $3,000 one-time bonus, $10,000 performance pay bonus, potentially all kinds of perks I'm reading through here as far as allowances and this and that it's, it's $120 a month. Um, what is that for? Oh, for the cell phone, get cell phone covered, um, $500 per month each fiscal year under this agreement covering district obligations. Uh, it kind of goes on and on 5,000 bucks for this and that and the other thing. So they get paid quite well, the superintendents. However, the, uh, board members do not get paid for that position. Uh, it's largely a volunteer position. Although, like I said, you got to run for it. And David, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should run. They just need, you should run for it because they just need a little diversity on these school boards. They need a sprinkling of just like one voice, one voice in the wilderness that says, Hey, this is, this is getting off the rails. This is, you guys are being a little silly here because they're living. The title of yesterday's podcast was, um, you know, living in a glass house that's encased in like a vacuum or something like that that's what's the problem is they they don't understand our world and they need to have that so i encourage people to run for these school boards all right uh former state representative walt blackman coming up next stick around back in just a few Thanks for listening to the Jeff Orbit Show. Portions of this show may be pre-recorded. And remember, the information provided on the show does not constitute legal, medical, financial, or tax advice. All information is the opinions of the host and his guests. You should always seek the advice of a professional regarding any of these complex issues to make sure all circumstances of your situation are properly considered.
Remember to catch the podcast by looking up The Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider, including places like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. Also available on Rumble and on YouTube. Just look up Orvitz, O-R-A-V-I-T-S. And remember, the show streams Monday through Friday at 4.06 p.m. right up at talkwithjeff.com. Also available on FM on 97.1 FM, the big talker throughout northern Arizona, and 107.9 FM in the Prescott area. This portion of the show is brought to you by Eric and Lisa Boatner at Allstate Insurance Agency. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, welcome back. Another hour of the show here and another interview with a name you're familiar with coming up here in just a second. Former state representative Wal Blackman will join us. Uh, he is running for the LD7 House seat. Two seats open, as you know, have been covering this race. And I think this will be really one of them to watch in the whole state. A pretty conservative district, pretty heavily Republican leaning. And I think there's six people running for those two Republican seats. Uh, we'll talk with Walt Blackman in just a second. If you're tired of companies that are more concerned with their wokeness than successful business policies and that is negative, that's been negatively impacting, say that word 10 times, you and your investments, you know, they're more concerned with crazy policies than actually returning a profit for their investors, you know, good returns. Why don't you call Glenn Lease at WT Wealth Management to do a woke mitigation portfolio review or to review any matters on your portfolio. Glenn Lease comes on this show, shares all, you know, his knowledge with all of you. And I get to have that one-on-one conversation with Glenn. And I really appreciate that. Why don't you do the same thing? Call Glenn at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Glenn Leist at WT Wealth Management, 928-225-2474. Okay, let's welcome back to the program former state representative, Walt Blackman. Walt, how you been doing? Oh, not bad, not bad. Just on the campaign trail, working hard. And as you know, the district got a little bigger. However, that's okay. It just brings a challenge. Yeah, what, what's interesting is how it expanded down into the like Apache Junction area, which I would call like very far, used to be far suburbs of Phoenix. A so part of our rural district is in a little more rural area of the Phoenix area, Absolutely. I guess you call it. So yeah, it's different. Yeah, Apache Junction is bumping up to the south of the Maricopa County. So it's an interesting district and interesting uh, dynamics with it. So. Yeah, because you got the mountains, you got forested areas, but you got, you know, I think you cover Camp Verde, so you got more valley far- farming, things like that, and then you're kind of desert in, you know, Apache Junction. So, um, it is Absolutely. is what it is, big area to cover. Have you been watching Walt the budget process? You were involved with that for some, uh, what two two terms? Two terms, two terms, terms. yeah, Yeah. down at the legislature. I mean, what do you think? Because when you were there, it was a little different. You had you guys have full control, the Republicans, including the governorship, and now you got Katie Hobbs. What's your thoughts on how it's been going thus far? (laughs) Well, well, I got to tell you, you, uh, you, Democrats love to spend, and and I know a lot of people have said that uh, the Republicans did really good with this budget. However, Jeff, you know, when I started, the budget was ten million dollars. And it has skyrocketed to $18 billion. Yeah. So that is very concerning, particularly for Arizona taxpayers, 
because because uh, we we're going to have to make that up somewhere. So I am very concerned about the price tag from last year's budget. Yeah, this year's budget looks like it'll be the third highest budget ever. Um, in fairness, the highest budget was actually under Ducey at 18.1 or 18.2 mm-hmm. billion. Yeah. And then Hobbs dialed it back just a tiny bit and then she's going to have to dial back. I've heard conflicting numbers into the 16 point something range. But when you started down at the legislature, cause you and I had this conversation, you were sitting here, we were talking about, I was like, this budget's kind of growing, Walt. And then it went 10 yeah. billion and then 11 and 12 then 14. And then all of a sudden we're up to 18. The problem I saw then and the challenge you would have if you get back at the legislature, Walt, and let me know how you deal with this, is how do you claw that back when everybody's become used to that's what the baseline is now? Well, you know, we've, we've got to see when, when we're looking at the, the, the important budget items like education, public safety, transportation, so on and so forth, border security, um, some of the money that has been put in there is uh, – I would say it's it's put more in the backfield. For example, three hundred thirty-three million was put in the backfield for education, and instead of taking that money and then applying it to other main resources that we have in Arizona, uh, like the rainy day fund or water infrastructure projects, um, it has been spread out. So I think that is what's making the budget look so big. All we got to do is take a good look at some of the backfield and some of these major programs that we fund. And we can probably scale down uh, on the budget. Of course, you know, though, uh, right now as they start, they have a, a $400 million north of a, uh, a deficit that they have to deal with. And mm-hmm. that's going to make it a challenge. So, yeah. Well, they're blaming it on, in my opinion, the children. She's blaming it on the children in the tax, the ESA tax credits. I know we're talking in the past. I think you got kids in. Yeah. Uh, do you still have kids in private school? You've done that before. You've gone that route with the private school oh, and homeschooling yeah. and all that. She she oh, don't yeah. get it, and she's saying, hey, it's the kids. It's the ESA. It's the families that are taking advantage, and they point out a couple instances of somebody that did something stupid with the ESA money, and that's what's bankrupting the whole – I mean, I've literally seen people say that we've gone from flush to bankrupt. I'm like, how are we bankrupt at the third highest budget ever? But your thoughts on how they're treating the ESA program and just in general the ESA program, Walt? Well, actually, the, the total cost for the ESA is $400 million. That's like that's sixty two percent if you do the math on that, and just to break it down simpler, it's about seven thousand uh, uh, north uh, per pupil. Now, when you look at the total education budget, which is seven billion, a little a little over seven billion dollars, sixty two percent of that, four hundred million of that, coming out of the general fund, I mind you, is not a big significant bite out of the ESA. I think that that's just an excuse from the Democrats uh, to go after ESA. You know that Katie Hobbs wants to roll that back. She's never been for the ESA program. So they are using that as an excuse. That's that's a drop in the bucket, in my opinion, coming out of the, the total uh, funding for education. So I think that that can be dealt with. However, uh, Katie Hobbs has a new uh, chief of staff, and that chief of staff is on board with uh, Katie Hobbs' ideology on ESA. So we might see the legislative uh, body, the House and the Senate, uh, have a real fight when it comes to that. Well, and you've been in those fights before, Walt, when you're down at the legislature and the budget um, discussions get heated and we get close to the, what is it, June, end of June, you got to pass a budget. We have to have a, 
a, a balanced budget. We can't print money like the federal government. So then all of a sudden leadership starts going back and forth to the governor's office. And this was under Ducey's time when you're down there. Mm-hmm. Do you see yep. a risk of the Republicans who only have one seat majority in both the House and the Senate? Do you see a risk of them um, capitulating something to Hobbs on the ESA program because it's like, you know, almost midnight and it's time to get yeah. a budget passed. I do. I do. Um, what the Republicans, what the Republicans have to do is take this to the people and have the people reach out and match to the governor's office. And they need to pitch things like uh, the parental empowerment. You know, that gives parents, as you know, your, you know, your, your kids are in uh, private school as my kids, I would like to be able to send them to private school, but that gives parent empowerment. It also is a customized education. And these type of talking points need to go uh, to Katie Hobbs' death. We talk about special needs. There is a percentage of 15% of this money following the backpack for special needs. Choice and accountability. Those are the type of talking points that need uh, to go to the governor's death and that the public needs to hear. And again, total backpack funding, it's about $7,930 uh, so And that is about average of what uh, we send to the public schools uh, for our kids going to public schools. So I think the conversation needs to be a little bit more vocal. The House and the Senate, they need to get their uh, communications team, their social media team on that, getting the details out to the public and echoing it back to the governor's office. And I think that's how they're going to be able to do that. And that's going to put some pressure on those Republicans that are thinking about flipping on the budget uh, to the other side, or uh, maybe some of those Republicans that are prone to get rolled by the Democrats to uh, capitulate. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I mean, they are pounding it in the media as far as this is the reason why we have a a deficit or a shortfall. And I think the deficit's really made up because it's still going to be the third highest budget, as I mentioned, in, in Arizona history. So the messaging out there, though, is pounding all the time on this, even at a local school board meeting. So maybe the what is the number? 73,000 plus people last I checked are enrolled in the ESA program alone. You yeah. know, they're going to need to get active, you're saying, and um, be sending those emails showing up like the Red for Ed people maybe did just a few years yeah. ago. You remember you were there for that, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. You know, and, and, and I, you know, if. We, we, we call ourselves conservative, fiscal Republican. However, uh, this, this could have been avoided, in my, in my opinion, uh, uh, Jeff, when each lawmaker in the House gets $20 million, uh, and in the Senate they get $30 million, um, and then we have this deficit. How about we paid down the debt first, okay? And then this ESA would not be much of a conversation. Uh, because when we look at it across the board, when we're talking about 60 members in the House, 30 members in the Senate, they are getting that amount of money. That money could have actually been saved for this year coming up. We wouldn't have had a deficit. I know they had to do that in budget negotiations. However, we have to put the state uh, uh, interest at, at uh, prioritize in this. We wouldn't be having these conversations now. And the uh, them going into this session, they would have went in a little bit stronger with the the dollars they need. However, I think the Republicans have to take a, a little bit of blame in this. We are fiscal conservatives. That's how we what we should have done it. I would have voted no on something like that because that money could have been used in other places and we would have had better talking points and a stronger stance to defend ESA funding. 
it was a, being stripped from the government. It was a different process, Walt, than when you were there. It's the first time I had seen that where the leadership said, hey, we've got X amount of hundreds of millions of dollars of quote-unquote surplus. You all come up with your 20 or $30 million worth of projects and, you know, pet projects and this and that. And, you know, if you deal with, with us, then you, you get those projects. I mean, that's kind of what happened. It was weird. It was different. It was federal types. Absolutely. It was almost like watching Congress for a while. Absolutely. And we need to be concerned about securing our future financial stability here in Arizona. We cannot rely on the uh, – we, we can't follow what the federal government is doing, is what I am basically saying. Uh, we need to be able to uh, stabilize Arizona because we don't know what's on the horizon. Um, and because we have just done this – and I think it's – I mean, it's, it's, it's the first time I've ever seen it. It's the first time I've ever seen a Republican caucus do this. And I'm surprised that the Freedom Caucus actually bought on to this. Mm. Um, however, uh, it, it is it's something that I've never seen. And I think we need to uh, we need to really take a look at that. For example, they only put $544 million into border security. Uh, I think that we could put a little bit more into border security for that. And from the Democrat side, they're always talking about funding education. You know, we could have put some of that money towards K-12 funding. So I know it's Monday morning quarterbacking, however, have been in the legislative uh, body and, and having that experience. I think I would have been uh, one of those guys that would have said no to this because we could have put that money elsewhere. And so taxpayers, Arizona taxpayers, aren't uh, putting out more money uh, to fund, to fund uh, some of the programs we have in Arizona. You mentioned uh, border security, really something that you shouldn't have to deal with. We shouldn't have to be funneling half a billion dollars into it or whatever the numbers may be because the federal government, one of the few things they're supposed to do is take care of the border. We've had an absolute invasion. It's gotten worse since you left the legis- legislature, uh, Walt. How do we, what do we do as a state? I mean, you see Texas, they kind of took over a park recently where there's border crossings and yes. held back the uh, feds. But I see stuff like that happening. Like, well, this is getting to last resort stuff. And I start thinking of, um, you know, states basically almost breaking away in a sense and saying, we're just going to do it ourselves. Feds stay out. Um, dangerous mm-hmm. times. I mean, does this keep you up at night? Uh, talk about the border issue here in Arizona and how the state may have to react going or act going forward. Well, it does. Um, I wrote a bill, if you remember, uh, to actually complete the border wall uh, by using the materials that were already down there, using COVID infrastructure dollars that we received uh, in the state, uh, and that those COVID infrastructure dollars were for capital projects. The border wall uh, is, ca- is categorized as a, as a uh, capital project. So when they put $544 million into board, into the uh, border this, this past uh, budget cycle, we already had the materials down there, and we had the money from the federal government. We really did not have to use $544 million to be plugged into the border, unless Katie Hobbs was going to, as she sent those National Guard members down there, um, she could have actually put them through an executive order on a Title X notice to be able to pay them full-time. I could see $544 million going that, but to build, the, to build that wall, we had policy ready to do that. That was my bill, uh, and using the federal dollars that we already have. Now, I don't know what they've done with those dollars. However, that would be the smart thing to do, and that would be the thing to take care of the Arizona southern border. Well, at the top of my head, the shipping container thing costs like 80 uh, million to put up and 120 million to take down. 
Uh, it's exactly. off the top of my head. But no, and then I also exactly. heard, Walt, that the um, Trump border wall materials were being auctioned off. Yes. You, do you hear that too? Yeah. Yes, because we didn't act when we were supposed yeah, okay. to act on that material, because that material did belong to Arizona. And with the containers, I mean, th- those things, like, and Katie Hobbs t- took those, and I guess she's using them for housing for homeless, not homeless, however, for uh, illegal aliens or folks that are coming across uh, the border. That That's a non-starter for me, particularly if we want to save taxpayer dollars. We could have used that material that was down there, that was laid out in my bill. However, uh, it didn't make it very far. Uh, and and now we're paying for that. Yeah. And Arizona yeah. taxpayers are paying for that with this huge half a million, half a billion dollar uh, border security. I, I, I think we should all get a shipping container. We already paid for them. Uh, Walt Blackman is here with me. He's yeah. running for um, Legislative District 7. Uh, to wrap it up, Walt, um, what are a couple other big issues? You get back in there in the Arizona House and the legislature. Um, what are a couple other things you're going after? Well, first of all, uh, I'm very focused this year. Uh, we, we need to get our spending uh, under control. That's the first thing. We need to make sure we're paying down the budget. We are, are putting money towards a, a future, a secure financial future for stable build, for, for, to stabilize. I'm going to take a look at the ESA. We need to protect that for parents that want to be able to choose uh, for, their, for their kids. You know, of course, we're looking at public safety, transportation, forestry, state lands, those sort of things. However, we need some, I would say, grown-ups back at the table. Uh, that, uh, And not saying some of the lawmakers down there are not grown-ups, but I think we need to take a better look at what we're doing, slow down, uh, and make sure Arizona taxpayers are getting their money's worth. Those are some of the things that I want to do. And I also want to make a make a note that, that this is the time that we do not need on-the-job training because of the problems that I've talked about. Uh, we need folks to be able to solve these problems, be able to work these problems out, and that are not one-issue candidates uh, that we have a flipper of NLB7. We need folks that are going to be able to solve these problems and save Arizona's money, and that's what I plan to do when I go back into the Arizona House. Like I said real quick in the opener, there's at least six folks running in the Republican primary for the for the two seats. Um, there, there's a, a another former state representative. There's you, and then there's current state representative um, David Marshall, which I believe you're friends with. I think you guys are – are you yeah. running as a team? Is that – Yes, we're okay. running as a team, and uh, we're, we're doing very good. We're getting our signatures. Uh, we're raising uh, pretty good money. Dave's doing what he has to do. And uh, we feel very confident uh, that we'll be, that uh, we'll be the people's choice uh, in this primary fight. All right, Walt. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I always appreciated you when you, you came on so many times while you were in the session, and I know that's uh, or in the legislature, and especially in session because I know that's tough, and that's um, I, I that history is there as far as um, sometimes I only hear from members of the House and, and Senate when it's close to election time. Not always, but there, are, yeah. you know, and, and that that does oh, mean yeah. a lot. So, hey, Walt, appreciate it, and uh, look forward to getting you back on. You know, hopefully another time or two before the election, which is a ways off, but it's going to be here quick. Maybe we can have a debate on your radio show. I We've done that before. Yeah, with, oh, yeah, with six of you. I'm going to yeah, have to buy a few more mics. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right. I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. All right, Walt. Hey, appreciate it. Talk with you soon. Okay, take care. 
Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to The Jeff Orbit Show. I've got some plans this weekend for the new dump trailer that I bought at American Trailer Company just outside of Flagstaff right there on 89 as you go past the mall, about five minutes past the Flagstaff Mall. Um, I bought a dump trailer. It's great, high quality. I'm so happy with American Trailer Company's customer service. This is a veteran-owned company. And, oh, yeah, hey, you don't have to pay city sales tax when you go out there because they ain't in the city. So stop on by American Trailer. Check out their huge inventory. You don't have to go to Phoenix. No matter where you're at in northern Arizona, it's easier to come on up to Flagstaff, outside of Flagstaff, and you're going to pay about the same price, maybe even lower than dealing with Phoenix. American Trailer Company, check out their great inventory at americantraileraz.com. That's americantraileraz.com. Welcome back. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. And we will continue to get candidates in uh, who are running for various offices around the state. Uh, we may even dabble in the presidential stuff a little bit. We shall see how it all pans out. So uh, subscribe to that podcast. Hey, if you haven't seen our latest article up at talkwithjeff.com, it's under the very top you get to our website. If you haven't been there, I mean, you got the live stream, so you can listen to my show and all the other shows on the Big Talker uh, 24-7 there. Got an email tab. We got a subscribe tab. You subscribe uh, to our posts and to our news releases. There's usually one or two a day during the week, so we don't bombard you. Please do that. Uh, just enter in your email address under the subscribe tab. Uh, then right under that is Jeff's Top News Picks. Can't miss it. And you click on that or just look at the links right there, and it'll bring you to all the latest top news picks. The one we put up earlier today is uh, it took a little time to research and f- do all the tracking down when it comes to the, the financial side of the the group called the Alliance. And uh, you may remember earlier in the week I had on Sean um, with the from the Federalist, uh, Sean Fleetwood, and he wrote a very very detailed, much more detailed than even my article. Uh, and I put links to his article in there about how Coconino County and the Recorder's Office and the, re- the County Board of Supervisors said to approve the expenditure. They have subscribed to the Alliance. Sounds James Bondish, right? Um, which is an election services company. And um, I looked at their financials. They are getting money from the Center for Tech and Civic Life, uh, which in the past has been the Zuckbucks controversy. And it led to 24 states banning direct contributions, grants, et cetera, et cetera, meddling in the elections of local offices. I was shocked at the amount of money that people have poured into this thing, hundreds of millions of dollars into the Center for Technology and Civic Life. Now they've started up this new thing with the Alliance, um, which Coconino County recorder Patty Hansen enrolled uh, Coconino County into the only county in the state, I believe, uh, Honest Election Project, a nonpartisan group devoted to supporting the right of every lawful voter to participate in free and honest elections, points out that CTCL was the same group that was at the center of the 2020 Zuckbucks controversy when Mark Zuckerberg and his organizations put th- th- over $300 million into elections nationwide. And now the 
County, Coconino County is involved with this organization. Now they're paying a fee to get these services from the Alliance because in Arizona, Arizona enacted a law along with 24 other states uh, or 23 other states that says you cannot take money from these groups. In other states where there's no law, this group's funneling lots of money into their elections. Uh, Senator Wendy Rogers uh, told me that she's concerned and she's requested legislative counsel to provide a legal opinion as to whether Coconino County officials violated Arizona law. Uh, the article from Sean Fleetwood, you know, he doesn't think so because it's a subscription service, although he thinks that they violated the spirit of the Arizona law. So uh, that's just one of the many articles I'm trying to throw up there. This is a big deal because I think the Coconino County, that Coconino County, the elections, the recorder, and then the Board of Supervisors by approving the the the, the funds to pay for this subscription have created a unnecessary controversy months before the election when many people uh, are are concerned about election integrity. I don't understand. I didn't think it through. I asked. Uh, Patty Hansen was nice and responded and gave a detailed response to my question. So I do appreciate that. And we included some of those in the article we put up there. Uh, but she didn't respond to my last question, which is asking if it appears that perception of bias in joining the alliance, uh, you know, does it at, at a minimum at least appear to create election integrity concerns uh and and i didn't get a response to that question and i also asked if a right-leaning group was sending in money donors are right-leaning and then a county subscribed to a service where it's a bunch of money coming in from the right don't you think the left-leaning constituents would be concerned uh we should get all of this outside of our election process and our elections departments they shouldn't be subscribing to groups like this left or right so anyway check out that article a lot of links in there as well share it uh it's up at talkwithjeff.com that's talkwithjeff.com appreciate everybody who uh shares our articles and uh subscribe to that as well hey if you're thinking about refinancing a home call kim dawson and no home loans uh kim's kim wants to talk to you about if, if you're in a any any kind of refinance she can handle for, handle for you but if you're in a position where you've amassed a lot of credit card debt but you've you know, you bought your home a few years ago, you probably have some equity. Maybe it's time to look at maybe doing a consolidation loan to try to get the payments overall down on that uh, because the credit card rates are crazy. 30-year fixed rates have been coming down some, so that's good news there. Uh, mention the Jeff Orvich Show when you call Kim Dawson. Get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. Here's Kim's number, 928 928- 310 6458. 928 310 6458 or go to NovaHomeLoans.com slash Kim Dawson. Kim Dawson, NMLS 697411. NovaHomeLoans, NMLS 3087. BK number 090242. Equal housing up to subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions may apply. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orvid Show. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, what is the age of adulthood anymore? Uh, Mark Howitt here in just a second talking about New York State raising that. We didn't get to this the other day, raising it up to like 21 or something like that. 
Uh, hey, remember Sportsman's Bar and Grill's got that great $4 menu, so you can always get some great food at Sportsman's Bar and Grill. Just north of downtown Flagstaff, right there in Abasha Shopping Center, so that means you've got plenty of parking. Check out their great specials on the $4 menu. Check out their awesome menu. I was just there the other day. Great drink specials as well at Sportsman's Bar and Grill. The age of adulthood, should we call it, because the age when your parents are no longer responsible for you. Mm-hmm. Like, can you be responsible for, in some states, something that a 20-year-old does? Yes. And I think the answer is yes. Yes. I don't know, is this a New York thing? or <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Usually crazy stuff comes out of there, or California. Yeah, New York is a great one for crazy stuff. Yeah, to, to the kids 21, you can be responsible for them in a lot of ways, including financial obligations. Didn't pay the bills, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you got to pay for their this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. you know, their food, shelter, whatever it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, and at the same time, we've got 18-year-olds serving in the Army, right? Yeah, a, I never understood that. How can you be yeah. 18, sent to Afghanistan, Iraq, who knows where? You can't buy a pack of cigarettes. You can't buy a beer. You can get an abortion, even younger. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, jiving. With, it's not jiving. And in yeah. New York, your parents still have to pay for you for a lot of things, but at the same time, you could be sent to Afghanistan with an M16 to go fight a war. Yeah. Can you can you get a beer or, or cigarettes like on base and things like that? I, I'd heard that it was like that. I think if you're giving them a gun, you're training them, you should be able to get a beer. Yes. That should be <laughs> guaranteed. And I also think that if you serve the country and – uh, you put your life on the line. Um, there should be certain guarantees as far as being taken care of. Mm-hmm. There are certain obligations that our politicians have failed our veterans. Uh, my family's dealt with this recently. It's like served in the country, and then it's so hard to get kind of care when they're el- elderly, right? Yeah. It's like this kind of stuff, it, it should be like you're not going to get paid a lot. You're going to put your life on the line for our country, but we're going to make sure you're taken care of in the regard to health care and you can get education. We're going to put, you know, it's, it's like nope. uh, the incentives to do that and to compensate people for doing the great things that they do for our nation. As much as, you know, a lot of us don't like Trump's personality. One of the good things he did was he changed the VA system mm-hmm. to where vets could go to other hospitals and get their needs taken care of instead of just no, the VA centers, just the VA center. Yeah. As you know, there's no VA center in Flagstaff. If you are a vet, you used to have to go to Prescott, to get served at the VA there. Mm-hmm. Now Trump's opened it up more to where you can go to a lot of places to get. And that's one of the good things he did yeah. to protect the vets. Yeah, you can say you hate Trump, you hate his personality, you hate his woman, whatever. But as far as policy, let's look at what happened. And oh, was, yeah, yeah. And one uh, of the good things he did. You look at what's the latest congressional wrangling going on, 60 more billion to Ukraine. It's like yeah. you make sure the veterans are taken care of first. Before you send another dime, you tell me that, okay, we got this plan and you're going to have the right health care. You're going to have the right uh, physical health care, mental health care for yep. people who have, you know, issues coming back from these areas in, in the world. Um, whatever the case may be, you tell me we're going to first put the 60 billion into that. Yep. Right. I mean, it's just, it's shameful. It's what these politicians it's are priorities. It's priorities and lack thereof, in, in my opinion. Yeah. But going back to yeah, the adulthood thing, the adulthood yeah. thing, it, you know, among the Amish, there's this saying, I forget it's the Amish or the Mennonite, but from zero to seven-year-old, a child costs the family money, costs money to raise a kid. So seven? Till That's seven. it? From wow. seven to 14, the kid starts to break even. <laughs> and from 14, Different scale than I'm seeing, but okay. From 14 on up, the kid's actually bringing money the into the house. Cash cow, baby. Cash cow. Woo. And I've seen this. I've seen Amish kids, well, we, you know, not even old enough to drive. Yeah. 
trimming out houses, doing carpentry work, making a living. A oh, 14-year-old can, can hustle if you train them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You they got a lot them. of energy. Tons of energy. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the biggest things I think we should be doing is young men especially need to be worked to death. You know, they should be going to school and working 40 hours a week. They've got tons of energy. They can do it. And if they have young men with time on their hands, generally are not productive in a good way. No, no, no. If you want a, a revolution, if you look back to different periods of war and revolution, the, you know, 16 to probably 28-year-old or 30-year-old male, the most dangerous creature on the face of the planet, if they're... If they have lots of time, Mark, like you said, on their hands. Oh man, watch out! No, you got to yeah. keep those guys occupied and keep them busy. And 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 we need to have more men. Yes, we need to we need to get our <laughs> our youngsters to be men, not little. I'm going to steal a line from old Saturday Night Live, and you know, envisioning Arnold Schwarzenegger coming on with Hans and Franz. We we need less girly men. And I know some people will be like Jeff. Oh, that's so mean. No, we need some. We need to get back to men or men or men. Yep. And, you know, we toughen these kids up a little bit and, you know, okay, you know, it's because look what, look what's happening in this world when you, especially look at, look at the amount of fatherless homes, no yes. active uh, male role model that brings what kids need. Just like you need a mom, you need a dad and you need yep. a man in your life you know, to help guide these kids along. And some people actually, this is like, this is a, a controversial thing I'm saying to some people. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, they'll hear this and be like, Oh, that is that is just so wrong. The N- the NPR voice. I can't believe that Jeff said that about the men. <laughs> you know, it's just I don't know if that was my best NPR voice impersonation. But, it needs to be much more effeminate. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there is something true. You know, a woman uh, brings something to the child raising, of course, thing, and a man brings something, of course. And a single mother can never be a substitute for a father, or a single she dad could never off. be a substitute she do, for. She can be an awesome parent, but yeah. she can never be a father, and vice versa, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, there's things that <laughs> that they both bring yeah. that you know i'll look at things that angela does and i'm like wow i could not do that right that is like you're speaking foreign language to me <laughs> i don't even know what you mean yeah you know and she probably the same thing yep the same thing you know so we gotta get back to that we gotta get the men to be men again in yep. this country and to raise, raise kids to be adults people are raising their children to be children yeah let them I mean, go man there's that whole thing of, you know, FTL, like failure to launch. Like the yeah, remember just, that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey? He just That's doesn't get funny. out of the house. You know, yeah. you're getting 20, 25, 30-year-olds living at home. Go. You got to go, man. You know, no motivation to get married. Look, I'm so proud of Isabel right now. She, that was hard for Angela to leave um, earlier this week. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the times now. It's been blurred. But she's like, she had a hard time. She's like, I can't believe I'm leaving my daughter here. Because she's halfway around the world yeah, so almost. Angela, your wife, took your daughter to, 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 to Greece. Greece and dropped her off. And said, you know, they, she spent a few days to kind of get her feet planted. And, hey, let's let's get you learning the bus system, the subway system, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm glad she went because now, she, and I, but I know Isabel could have done it on her own, too, sure. and got herself set up. But at least we feel better because we know she's in a good neighborhood. Right. Um, the place she's staying is like gated and, you know, and this is a good area of Secure. Athens because Athens has some sketchy areas like all cities mm-hmm. in, in the world, quite frankly. Um, but she's in, over there. She's 20 and she's just she saved up to do it on her own. And I'm like, OK, just give us a call we'll, and we'll come visit in March and she's four months. I think it's going to be a great experience. Yeah. I, I think people need to get away and, 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 and go find themselves. 20s an adult. Yeah, yeah. So now they're saying in New York, it's like, yeah, you're not really an adult. You're so you go out on your own and you cause problems. You're going to come back on me, right? So let's agree that 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 these kids are now adults at 18. 
It I should think be we 13. Can we do 13? Can we do 13? <laughs> well, I think, I think we should be looking at kids in by at least ninth or 10th grade and figuring out, is it even worth you staying another two years in this high school? Yeah. Honestly, are you going on to be, to go to college to learn, not a useless degree, but engineering, or you're going to be a doctor, something that requires that higher level of education, formal education. Yep. By 10th grade, we should know that. It's just they want their money. They want to suck you dry and keep you in the system. And you get the, and, and either you're going to college route and you're going to finish off those higher level courses those last couple of years in high school or just start college at 16. Why aren't they starting college at 16? Come on. Right. You're just repeating crap at this point. Well, the opposite is happening, though, because college has turned into an extension of high school. Yeah. For not four years, five years now. Five years now. And or the first six. couple of years are not college classes. It's yeah, it's it's regurgitation of the crap you did through high school. Right. Right. I mean, what is it's what a waste? Ridiculous. What a monumental waste of time for so many people and at money. this point, and money. And it's like we we need to massively change the education system. And at sixteen, and I think some countries do this. Maybe I'm mistaken. I thought Germany did this. I could be wrong. Figure out where they're going. And yep. you know what? I'm just really bad at school. Um, I'm going to go call up Mark. Mark's how it's uh, a contractor, and he's also a. Uh, um, a mentor and does apprenticeships basically mm-hmm. and works in conjunction with the local community college. And I'm going to, you know, go on and learn how to, you know, plan to build homes, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. Yeah. I've literally mentored many guys over yeah. my 30 plus years in yes. the contracting world. Yes. A lot of them have gone on to become their own contractors, mm-hmm. their own general contractors, and they can be mentoring guys. Yeah. You know, I learned a trade from my dad. I started working in my dad's business. Like a lot of people do in our generation at 12 to 13 years old. Started working for him in the summers, weekends, after school, whatever, and learned a trade. By the time I had graduated high school, I had a trade I could do. I could go out and make a living with, a a living that would pay a mortgage or the rent or whatever, you know, car payment. And I was out of the house before I was 18. Yeah. Renting my own apartment. Yeah. I was out at 18. You know. know, Had a trade. You had a trade, right? You know, your dad taught you trade stuff. Yeah. And it was great. My dad and my stepdad. I went to college later in life. None of that college is really making me money. Yeah. Um, You know, AutoCAD was good. Make a little bit off that. And yeah. But if you're into that, you're going to learn AutoCAD on your own. Exactly. And then you're going to be like, okay, I need more courses. I need more online training. I mean, it's all available at this point. Yep. But yeah, more, more males filling the manly positions is needed in this country. Yep. More getting your, you know, dirt under your fingernails positions is needed in this country. I think everybody, everybody, man and woman, should have a trade by the time they're they should. 18. Yeah, they should have skills that you can you fall know, back on to because yeah. the economy crashes. Multiple. What else can you do besides yeah. what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, if I had to, I could go out and figure out, and you could, and many of our listeners could, to be like, yeah, I could do X, Y, and Z. Yep. I could pour concrete again. I don't know. A little older now. Joints hurt a little more. It hurts a little more, but if you don't have but, any food on the table, yeah, this is like, what you do. Comments love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Plus, uh, hit that subscribe button for the podcast. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show 
I love a good steak. You know that. Um, I love good. I just had some ribs just the other night. Why don't you go to the Rodeo Steakhouse in Williams? Uh, it's right on 950 North Grand Canyon Boulevard. It's right by the Ramada in there. Um, first of all, I mean, this is a, a good, if you're not in Williams, take a trip out there. Well worth taking a trip to get a great steak. Well worth taking a trip to visit, um, walk around um, Williams. And I just, I like it because it reminds me of what, even coming from Flagstaff, what Flagstaff was like a long time ago. Williams is a fun town. The Rodeo Steakhouse has great steaks, great ribs, great food there. Stop on by, make a plan for this weekend. Bring someone out there. Bring the whole family. Bring some friends to the Rodeo Steakhouse right on 950 North Grand Canyon Boulevard right there by the Ramada Inn. Car repairs can be stressful. Jeff Orvitz here. And since most shops pay their mechanics a flat rate based on the auto repair, your mechanic can either be racing against the clock or tempted to tack on extra parts. Now, crazy country boys, they don't play that game. And their shop rates are about 30% less. Now, Big Jim makes sure his technicians are not rushing and that you only pay for the parts that you really need. As a tech net through CarQuest Service Center, all parts and labor are backed by a 24-month, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty. Now, CarQuest, that's another great company in Flagstaff, uh, family-owned auto parts store in Flagstaff, serving you for over half a century. Don't overpay for auto repair or service. Call Big Jim at Crazy Country Boys Services at 928-607-9753. That's 928-607-9753. 928-607-9753. Crazy Country Boys Services. Using only CarQuest guaranteed auto parts. Crazy good. Just past the Flagstaff Mall off the East Empire Avenue exit. All right, that's it for today. Um, I'm feeling a 50-50 chance that my throat's going to be worse tomorrow. It's, it's progressively gotten worse through the show. So if if for some chance I bail, we'll have a great show for you either way. But remember, I've got Eli Crane coming up Monday, Congressman Eli Crane. I've got some more folks from the state legislature. I've got Glenn Leese. It's going to be crazy busy next week. And remember, you can keep up with me 24-7 on the podcast, talkwithjeff.com. Have a great, safe night. Take care. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Orbit Show. Portions of the show may be pre-recorded. And remember, the information provided on the show does not constitute legal, medical, financial, or tax advice. All information is the opinions of the host and his guests. You should always seek the advice of a professional regarding any of these complex issues to make sure all circumstances of your situation are properly considered. Remember to catch the podcast by looking up the Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider, including places like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. Also available on Rumble and on YouTube. Just look up Orvitz, O-R-A-V-I-T-S. And remember, the show streams Monday through Friday at 4.06 p.m. right up at talkwithjeff.com. Also available on FM on 97.1 FM, the big talker throughout northern Arizona, and 107.9 FM in the Prescott area. The real estate market changes so much, and when you're selling your home, you need an agent who knows the latest trends. Henry says that's Kelly Broadus. When Henry and his wife were ready to sell their home in Flagstaff, they gave Kelly a call and were immediately impressed. Henry says that Kelly Broadus was so personable and so easy to work with. Thorough, too. 
She had the best advice on selling his home and knew the best price to list his home through her quick and easy-to-use search tool at northernarizonafinehomes.com. It helped Kelly to list Henry's home at a price that buyers found fair while still making the most money possible for Henry. He says the whole way through, Kelly did a fantastic job. That's why he's highly recommending that anyone looking to buy or sell a home give Kelly Broadus a call. Why don't you call the only agent that I would call if I needed to sell a home in Flagstaff and surrounding areas, and that's Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group, brokered by EXP, 888-446-5602. That's 888-446-5602, or find Kelly online, Google Kelly Broadus, or look up northernarizonafinehomes.com.